A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, welcome to the Kindness Podcast. Today's guest is an absolute joy to be in the presence of. She's the owner and founder of digital marketing agency, Marketing Adventures. Her ambition, drive and enthusiasm will leave you inspired and entertained. We speak about her love of being an only child, her passion for success, her admiration and love of her family, and finally her goals for the future. I'll say it again, you're going to enjoy this one. My name's Tim Bolsworth, and this is The Kindness Podcast. Hi, welcome to The Kindness Podcast. My guest today will inspire you, I believe, towards achieving your goals, succeeding in whatever you want to aspire to be. She set up a marketing agency whose clients range from automotive to alcohol brands. And I have to say, she's probably one of the most ambitious, determined, gifted individuals I've actually had the pleasure of meeting in a very long time. From the first time I met my guest, there's a sense and an energy that most would probably, I would argue, wish they had a small percentage of. She has it in bucket loads. It is going to be a good one. I absolutely guarantee you that is the case. Brogan Huntington, welcome to the Kindness Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. Gosh, I'm blushing. You shouldn't <laughs> Thank blush. you. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, I know we've spoken before about you coming on the show. Yeah. Um, and I think really just the energy that you emit, where does that come from? I think just from being me I think just from inside um I guess I yeah I think I've always had it actually I think it's come from being a little kid being around positive people and then I do work on it all the time to just make sure that I keep it up you know that I look after myself um and I surround myself with positive energy rather than being brought down by negative ones I guess guess. yeah sure and you sort of touch on the fact that you work on it. Has yeah. it always been that case? Or have you always been that person in terms of a positive mindset? 
Um, not really, no. As I've grown older and obviously starting a business, growing in a career, having to get mentally resilient, um, I think I've had to work on it more mm-hmm. so because I think it's hard to keep up the positive energy all of the time. So when I see myself lacking or I can feel myself, you know, thinking a little bit negative, I have to then, you know, take a step back, reflect and then move forward with what I actually think that I need in that in that space, in that time. So as you know, uh, well, I hope you know, but so the essence of the show is being the kindest is yes. for me to try and get an understanding of patterns. Yeah. And those patterns in this instance is about kindness. So is there a pattern to kindness in terms of people, companies, communities and cultures? That's just the essence of the show. Yeah. Now, from a cultural piece and a, um, a regional piece, you're from the northeast. Yes. Okay, whereabouts? Uh, it's shot in Colry. Okay, and whereabouts is that in terms of a city, nearest city? Durham. Durham, okay. So most people may think of Newcastle, Geordies, etc. There seems to be a perception of people from the northeast having this this spirit, this um, friendliness. And I think there was a study years ago about um, the friendliest accent being from the northeast, I understand. Do you think there's a cultural piece in terms of how people um, are from the northeast? There seems to be a real kind of like, let's go do it mindset. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, actually, because I think that there is positive people and kind people wherever you go. Um, I mean, I've certainly found that no matter where I've travelled, I've found people that are a positive energy. But from the northeast, I think that everybody is happy, that they seem to be either happy with their lot or willing to do more. So they've got something to prove almost. So they're like, right, I'm going to set my ambitions high and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, because I think there's a bit of a perception and I, I mean, I could be wrong that the northeast's more deprived than maybe other areas like london for instance and they i think they've got a culture piece of where they're willing to work together to to make a difference um like i was just telling you before we got on here that i'm working with a northern fashion week that is what that's about it's all about empowering the talent that's in the north because they are overlooked and i think that's certainly embedded within the culture it's either that or they're just happy with their lot and why do you think that is? That they're happy with a lot? Yes. Or, um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, really. I just think they don't, they either don't have huge expectations of life and they've got a family around them and then they're just happy and they just go about the day. Or on the flip side, they want more. So then they go in pursuit of it and they're like, right, actually, I'm going to stand up for the North because why not absolutely yeah why not definitely and i think for those people listening who have a perception of the north there's always been this kind of north south divide perception about people from the north not being as ambitious or not being as well spoken or not being as whatever Mm. i think that could be anywhere in the country but there's there's actual just general perception um i want to find out a little bit more about brogan and who brogan is because from from Knowing you, you are this absolute ball of energy and enthusiasm. And I want to really arc back, if I may, to where that started from, whether that was sort of your, your parents or whether that was a, an instance in your childhood or if not in your childhood, where that came from. Would you mind just taking me back to kind of the early years in terms of, um, sort of schooling and, and education and just growing up, if you don't mind? Yeah, no worries at all. God, that's a big question, Tim. Who, am, who is Brogan? Uh, I think, to be honest... 
I think I am just who I am. Like what you see is what you get. Um, but going back to the early years, I had a, I, I wouldn't change my upbringing for the world. Like I absolutely loved it. I played with animals. Um, I, well, I was always outside constantly. I didn't really go to school much for that case, actually, for that matter. I used to just um, um, be with my dad constantly, around my horses, around my dogs. Um, so it's a farming it, community? Yes, or? yes, okay. yes. Sorry, I missed that bit out. Sure. Yes, farming. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then as I grew up, obviously, I, I was involved a lot more so in school, but still kept the animal background, still was intrigued by horse, horses all of the time. It's how I spent my weekends. Um, and then as I got older, school started to become more of a thing for me I wanted to do well constantly it was a thing it was in my mission I needed to do better constantly why is that which I think come from my mum really she's like a powerhouse of a person and I think actually a lot of her positive energy and her drive is has rubbed off on me um and I think that's where it really all begun and then when I was 13, I was definitely lacking a little bit in the spelling and grammar industry. And my mum was pushing like, what is going on? What, what, like, why isn't she um, achieving, you know, what, what she wants to? And it was frustrating me and it was getting me down. Um, and it turned out that I had dyslexia, um, which then actually became my driving force even more so because that you kind of got brushed to the side. And I was always wanting to be the one that was like the top of the class and there in front I did a lot of drama in school I always wanted to win constantly that was the main thing that always drove me forward and to make my parents proud I'm not sure why I had that in my belly either because I'm quite sure they've always told me they're proud of me from being a kid um but that was one of the things I want to make them proud so when you would sit in exams and things I got pushed to the side with like a pink piece of plastic that would go over my writing to see if I could read it better it was just horrendous so I decided there and then um with a lady called um Miss Pallister um that that wasn't going to be my brand I wasn't going to be branded as dyslexia that's not happening to me so I just started to read loads and my doctor actually this is uh, quite a funny story my doctor I think I'd told him or my mum had mentioned it to him because family doctor um I'd gone there from being a baby um my mum had said you know this is the case what's this is what's happening and he gave me um who moved my cheese and rich dad poor dad and he said that I had to read them 13 times and when I did I had to go back to him and recite what I had read um, so that he knew that I'd read the books. What age were you at this point? 13. Crikey. Yeah, I was 13. Um, it, it took me a long time to read them 13 times, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but I did. And actually, that's probably the best thing that anybody has ever done for me. Because not only did I learn about everything that was in Richard Apudad, which pushed me even more and thought, right, that's this is where I'm going in life. That's what I want. Um it also, it taught me to read. So I'm just thinking back to this early age of, I want to win, I want to succeed. Were your parents quite driven? Um, Yes and uh, no. My mum and dad, it's bizarre really, because I'm definitely not like um, them in their mindset. They are really happy all of the time. Like they are happy with their lot. They constantly, my mum is very much so, give, give, give. She wants to give to everybody. She doesn't want anybody 
to not do well um, and she's just happy where she is she doesn't like for instance if she could go on holiday tomorrow or I could go on holiday tomorrow you could guarantee she would make me go on holiday <laughs> um, that sort of thing but she has a work ethic like pff, I've never seen um, so I think so and my dad is very he's like the calm collective positive spirit that pushes me on but again like just happy with his lot is the only way that I can describe it and so your, your mother, did her parents have their own businesses or work for themselves? No. So my mum lost her mum really young. Um, and then my granddad, I can't, to be honest, um, I can't really remember. So both parents uh, passed whilst mm. I, well, one while I wasn't mm-hmm. in non-existent mm. and one really young. Um, and my granddad was in the armed forces, I believe. Mm-hmm. And my mum's mum worked in a factory. And do you remember your parents at an early age in terms of, oh, they work a lot or they don't work a lot? What was your sort of your early memories of your parents? Oh, they both worked a oh. lot, a lot, but equally wanted to spend time with me as much as they possibly could. I, w- I didn't, obviously didn't have a nanny or anything like that. Yes. Um, I was left with the next door neighbour quite a lot, but again, I, I loved it. Uh-huh. I was around animals all day. And, and siblings? I don't have any siblings. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the one and only, but a huge family. Yes, yeah. And how did you find that growing up? So I've spoken to other guests who were only children themselves and they created their own worlds and they sort of went into themselves and explored and I'm assuming this was the same same with yourself. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that I, I mean, looking back now, I don't think I would have wanted any siblings. Like I was quite happy doing my own thing. Obviously, the only thing that I can say is I just loved being outside and I used to make my own games up. I can remember playing teachers, vets, nurses, all on my own, Uh camping out in the back garden on my own. (laughs) But I loved it. Uh And actually, I quite like my own space now as well. So I think it set me up for life. And so those early years, and and again, a credit to you, at the age of 13, I can't think of a, a teacher giving you those two books and remind me again, um, who moved the cheese, did you say? What was it called? Who moved my cheese. Who moved my cheese and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Probably one of the most iconic. And for those of you listening, if you haven't heard of these books, they're very much within sort of the wellness business space, how to um, succeed. And there's certainly books I would recommend anybody read. Yeah, exactly. So at 13, to be given these books to read must have framed your viewpoint of the world mm-hmm. more so than any particular 13-year-old I, I would have uh, or could have speak to. Yeah, exactly. It honest, it changed my mindset completely about everything. And also, it well, it, I think, again, it gave me drive, but it also provided me with business knowledge that I wouldn't have necessarily had or tapped into like I know they teach business at school now but when I was at school I didn't get that um my parents didn't have their own businesses nor would I ever think that they would even talk about it or try and encourage me in that Mm. sense just because I'll go back to what I said earlier they're just happy with their lot yeah yeah um so it definitely gave me a open perspective on life for sure yeah sorry about the noise there (laughs) We've, uh, we're recording this uh, in the hotel boardroom again, some uh, some external sounds there, but not uh, a big issue. I think what's important is obviously getting the content and what you're saying is from growing up is that there's a real importance towards that business framework, what you got at an early age. Yeah. Um, so Turks was that first kind of job. What was your first job? Car salesperson. Car salesperson. Yeah. Do you like cars? I love them. Okay. Yeah. Why? How? <sighs> 
Oh gosh, that's a, a question. Um, I think it started from just being around them. And mm-hmm. also I, I think it symbols, in my mind, this is going to sound a ridiculous but it it symbols um success mm-hmm. i think for me so every time i was selling like supercars or t- really expensive vehicles the only thing that i would ever do is oh, i love people I, th- I don't know that i've mentioned that just yet but i get embraced by them so i ask loads of questions like what do you do how have you gotten to where you want and i just wanted to know how they had become successful in my mind to be able to buy mm-hmm this car sure, sure um and i think from then so i was uh seven must have been 18 17 or 18 when yes. i got into car sales uh-huh. straight out of college yes um and from that point on that was it I, I fell in love with cars i fell in love with the people that bought them mm-hmm. and the whole industry actually um it was i mean back then i'm saying back then like i'm really old um but it's 10 years ago now um and it was still very male dominated. I loved it. Everybody was like either my brother or my dad and they looked after me and all they wanted was for me to do well. And at the time I was, I definitely didn't lack in confidence, but I, I had to really try hard to put myself out there. And without them, I definitely wouldn't be the person that I am today because they just pushed me and pushed me and actually made me be- believe in myself more so. So when people in your opinion, when people are going coming onto a, a car showroom, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume here that there are two, maybe three types of people, but two types of people coming onto a car showroom. Yeah. There are those who have the money to buy the car, mm-hmm. those who aspire to buy the car they want, and yeah. perhaps those third person, perhaps those who can't afford to, can't afford the car. Um, I'm leading on to the idea of perception, how we judge people based on yeah. their aesthetic. Uh, their accent, etc. Coming into a car showroom. What did you learn from uh, selling cars? Um, I learned that you should never judge a book by its cover. Actually, um, when you get a perception of somebody, like you've just said, you assume that the person that's going to buy the Lambo or the Ferrari or the G wagon is going to rock up in this suit, or they're going to be really well dressed, or and actually, I, I'd. I, I started to figure out that I think some of them do it on purpose. They come in and they look like they've just been dragged through a whinny bush backwards, as my dad would say, Um, or they've just finished work or because they are hardworking people and they come in their work clothes and you look at them. I once sold a G-Wagon and I'll never, ever forget it to a young guy. Excuse me, a G-Wagon, for those of you who don't know, is what? A Mercedes. It's a Mercedes, okay, sure. Um, and he, he walked on the forecourt and he, again, me, I was young and judgmental mindset at that stage. Um, I looked at him, I thought there's absolutely no chance that he's buying this car, but I walked over to him anyway and I got embedded in him like I always do. And I was speaking to him and it turns out he had this massive energy company in Leeds. He was 21 and he was dressed in like joggers caps before they come trendy, uh, joggers, um, the, I don't even know what they're called, the caps, the New York Yankee caps. Um, and I thought, and the guys actually, obviously I'd spoken to him and I was like, oh my God, he's got this huge energy company. So cool. I love him. I think he's brilliant. And the, the guys at the dealership that I was working with said, he isn't going out on that car, Brogan. Absolutely not. He's either going to steal you and the car or you. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I, I think that, it, you know, I think we should give him a chance. 
anyway, we had to put him on this insurance because obviously he was only young and it was a, a high-end car. Um, he bought it. He bought it outright cash. So somebody comes to the car dealership, you all make a perception of how he or she looks. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, yeah, I've seen them before. They're just they're blaggers. They're not really going to spend the mm-hmm. money. How do you go from, hello, sir, how are you, to sign here, please? Well, I think I'd actually, I'll go a step back. I think when you speak to somebody, you know, you get, well, you can't, you're not always right, but your gut instinct, you, you kind of know um, from the questions that they ask or equally the people, some people have this aura around them that a person, as soon as they open their mouth, you're like, oh my God, that like you are cool. Uh, or in my mind anyway, I'm like, wow, you know, you, you are successful. Again, me tying successful with cars. Mm. Um once you've spoken to them, you might want to take them on a test drive. It might have changed now, so don't hold me to this. Uh, you take them out on a test drive. You understand a little bit about them. I always, to be honest, I always spoke anything but the cars. I always wanted to know about them, their personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if they wanted to tell me, some mm-hmm. people didn't want to talk to you at all. Um, you know, if they've got kids, if they've got dogs, because not only does it allow you to build a framework of whether they're actually going to buy this car, is it practical? Um, or not but it allows you to build a relationship up which was really important to me um and then from that obviously they decide you give them figures if they're on finance or you tell them the price of the car they'll always want a deal everybody always does and if it does a deal to be done then you just do it but yeah I was I was quite good at identifying the points of whether they were going to close or not or when to close them so I've come in and I've um I'm about to buy my my G-Wagon as yeah. you say yeah uh, or any other car model out there um and what kind of questions are you asking me well I'd start so hi Brogan how are you hi Tim how are you I'm interested in buying the G-Wagon okie dokie that's no problem have you been looking for one for a long time, or is this the first time you're looking? It's the first time I'm looking. Okie dokie. So how has your day been so far? I'm just going to get the keys. How's your day, how's your day been so far? Yeah, busy actually. A few meetings this morning. Okie dokie. Um, just bear with me one second. I'll go and grab the keys for you and I'll let you look around. God, this is a long time since I've done this, Tim. You've put me in pressure here. <laughs> uh, and then we would look around the car and I'd ask you some questions about life in general, really. Um what is it that you're looking for the car for? Um, is it just for yourself or do you have a partner? Um, where have you come from? Like, where's your meetings been? What is it that you do? Um, yeah. And in your mind, whilst asking these questions, I think, okay, are they going to buy or not? Are they going to buy or not? Yeah. Okay. So what point in our conversation are you thinking, I need to start asking the kind of, in the old school ABCs always be closing. I need to ask them the question of, uh, pretty much have they got the money to afford this car? When do you start talking figures? And would It would normally be after the test drive. Um, but it depends on the scenario. Like, again, going with your gut, you could talk about it before or you could talk about it after they've drove the car and they actually bought into the car and you, because mm-hmm. it's you. You and the car are really important at this stage. Um, then you would start talking about figures. Equally, sometimes I used to just do it on the test drive. It, there's, there was never a theme for me, really. There's obviously a handbook that you've got to follow, but... I just did it when I thought it was right, how the conversation was going. So if they were closed, I would, for instance, like when we were talking there and you're like, just being for me and just want to look at the car, 
blah, blah, blah. It would take me, I would, I would take my time to try and break it down so that you would openly flow and you would be asking me questions and we would be talking and you instantly felt comfortable or not instantly in this matter, but you would feel comfortable with me enough to then discuss figures. Some people just came straight out with it and just said, look, this is too much. Can you do it at this? If I do it at this, if you do it at this, I'll buy it. So again, I'm not in the market as yet for buying said G-Wagon, but would people be buying, okay, sake of, sake of argument, it's a hundred thousand pound car, let's say, yeah. for example, are people paying a hundred thousand pounds there and then, or are they deciding on a finance option? They can decide on a fine. Am I selling you a car here, Tim? Selling me a car, yes, yeah. <laughs> they, they can either pay outright yes. in cash or they can decide on a finance option. It's completely up to the person. Sometimes the dealerships or the, the um, franchise or the brand manufacturer, sorry, they have deals on with the finance company. So sometimes it's not percent. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not percent, there is nobody buying that car outright cash. Okay, interesting. Unless, they, obviously, they wanted to for whatever reason. Yeah. Now, you framed success from an early age, particularly your first sales job in terms of um, the automotive industry and, and, mm-hmm. and the types of cars with success. And it's interesting when you talk about people, when you talk to people about success, they have different frameworks about what, what success is. Yeah. Success could be monetary, success could mm-hmm. be just lifestyle and, and lifestyle choices in terms of things they purchase, they own, they wear. Yeah. What is it about success that, for you, is intriguing or of interest? Freedom. Freedom. Okay, success means yeah. freedom to you then. Yeah. Freedom to do what? To choose and do whatever I want to. If I want to send my mum and dad to Spain for the week or buy them a house there, that, that well, that's one of my goals. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm working to achieve. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, to give back to my family for what they have given to me. And I also want that for my children when when I decide to have them I want to be able to have the ability to choose and not to have to worry about you know can I go on holiday or can I buy food or my car tax is up for renewal I don't want that for me ever um so that I think that's success for me freedom so freedom is an interesting one because you know with the world we live in now where one has the option of freedom of choice and movement and there are other parts of the world where individuals don't have that freedom of choice and movement and obviously you know mm-hmm. again i've touched on it briefly before in previous podcasts where the, unfortunately there, there was a world war going on um yet the element of freedom comes at a price i think uh, in terms of time perhaps in terms of a financial consideration and mm-hmm. cost for me also, there's an element of fear there. There's a fear of not wanting to be succumbed by the pressures of a corporate world or a nine to five world. What's this fear you're wanting to sort of uh, not be surrounded by that is driven by the success that you say you you want? Um, The fear that I don't want to have is just being stuck, feeling stagnant. Not, I guess, if I go into the future and I, I look back, I don't want to be the person that sat there telling my grandkids that, you know, I've just been in this job. For the, not that there's anything wrong with that, if that's, you know, what you want out of life, but I just don't. I don't want to have to sit there and say, well, I've lived in Harrogate all of my life and I've done this all of my life and I've got nothing to inspire them with. I love to inspire people to do 
better or to believe that they can at least if they want to obviously um and I think in order for me to do that then I need to do it for myself and there's so many goals that I have written out in in my mind and on paper um that I know I truly believe that I will achieve and I think that doesn't come in my mind from having the corporate job where you've got to go to work and you've got to got to go to work at a certain time sorry I go to work but yeah uh, go to work at a certain time and you've got to be stuck and then you've got dinner breaks and you've got this and there's somebody micromanaging you all the time to and my belief of it is they cap your ability to achieve so with everybody that um the team that that we have at Market and Adventures, I tell them, you know, if there's anything that you want to do, you let me know. If it's not in this remit right now, if it's with somebody else or, you know, we've got a young girl working with us now, uh, Alicia. And when in her interview at the time, we didn't have any fashion clients whatsoever. And she sat there and said, I want to be a fashion editor. And I thought, oh God, well, this isn't the right thing for you then. But then I actually sat there and I thought, you know what, I'm going to make that happen for her because I like her and I thought I thought that she was brilliant and actually she's proven me so far to be correct. And now we have a fashion industry clients that she's doing all the editing for. Sure, yeah. So it's, it's the power of the mind that I think sometimes when you're in corporate, can be stuck because you're doing the same job day in and day out. Mm -hmm. For me, anyway. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And I think um, in today's world whereby we are exposed to this new world economy, whereby the idea of stepping outside of the traditional corporate lifestyle is now an option, that you have freedom of movement and freedom of choice. And I think um, a lot of people see this and see this in a way of actually stepping outside of that kind of corporate life. Mm-hmm. And to your point, there's, there's nothing wrong with um, following a, a corporate career, a traditional corporate career. However, I do believe that that world is changing. Yeah, good. Would you agree? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, do, I do think it's changing. People are definitely gaining an opened mindset, for sure. And I think the leaders of today are certainly more inspirational and they are inspiring their teams to be leaders Mm. I think and also I think with social media um all of your influencers your youtubers and and all of the rest of it I think that's opened people's minds up so much because it's they're allowed to be creative where before they might have just been I mean creative years ago might have been painting or um I don't know painting woodwork something like that um and now God, you well, the world's your oyster. We sat here doing a podcast. Who would have, not, who would have thought about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is creative. Sure, um, sure. So we're just allowing people to be themselves a little bit more, I think. And, well, everything with diversity and all the rest of it. We are enabling people to be themselves. And I think that in itself is amazing. No, without a doubt. You know, I think with the onset of the iPhone launch of circa 2007, the idea that we can create content, we can be in our rooms or spaces, mm-hmm. telling the world about our particular lives based on our interests and then allowing people to consume that content to an audience of God, millions, billions, has meant that that individual, she can or he can become whoever they want to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's just transformational. Um, I agree. You set up a business mm-hmm. at an early age, one could argue, having experienced 
working within a corporate industry, you probably sort of learnt skills within those first few um, roles that you had. Yeah. Again, harking back to those early years of seeing your parents' um, drive and ambition, the calmness of your father, well, sort of the, the, sort of the drive from your mother there. Um, what piece of advice would you give somebody in terms of, sort of setting a business career? In, Just in, do it. Just do it. It's easy said, though, that just do it. There's going to be sort of a framework. I think, well, you'd say that. I think, honestly, my advice would be if you've got an idea and you truly believe in that idea, you just do it. Um, I think just set out your goals, set out what it is that you want to achieve. And yeah, just start. Because if you keep waiting for it you and, and also telling people about it, you can get drummed down to the point where you think it's not a good idea anymore I, my honest advice is just go for it okay so I'm really into and I, I'm saying this in this kind of role play way because there's yeah. going to be somebody out there listening there's going to be the mother or the father or the child or the individual who's in a particular role so I want to be able to through my guest impart some advice so they can do it, saying just do it, there needs to be, a, if my I see, a, a structure of sorts. So I'm really interested, as an example, so I'm really, really interested in, uh, I'm really interested in uh, animals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I want to perhaps run my own business to do with animals. Specifically, I like, let's say, dogs. Mm-hmm. I want to run a dog business. What would, what would I need to do? What sort of steps should I follow in terms of just doing it from your I perspective? Think- you would need to understand what the dog business was going to look like. Um, Have you got your, well, what's your idea? Write it down. I mean, do a brainstorm of of the potential revenue streams, obviously. Um, Are you solving a problem? Um, Is there a demand out there? If there's not, can you create one? Um, writing everything down for me definitely helps brainstorming it, but I am definitely coming from a place of just do it. Um, and then think about how you're then going to deliver that. So do you need any equipment to do that? But equally, I would say just don't get too bogged down with that. I mean, I started this business with absolutely not a penny in my pocket. Uh, it was just, I mean, not a penny in pocket, but nothing. I didn't put any money into it. I just started. Um, because there was a demand and and that's and I started then to create one so I think going back to the dog business look at all of your options make sure you have got an idea you know going from a marketing point of view what's the name logo brand um and are you solving a problem and if the answers to that yes and also ask yourself how much do I want this because there's a lot of people so I've started helping people um set up businesses and I'm trying to think rapidly while we're on this of what I'd say to them um because there's a lot of people say oh you know I can't quit work I can't do this because I've got bills to pay and I've got family and I've not got time well how much do you want it because if you don't want it then stay where you are if you do want it then think let's think of a solution to how you can start implementing that okay so you've got children do they go to school for how much how long does kids go to school for eight hours there eight hours a day okay so you've got eight hours a day what are you doing well some people are working okay so when your kids go to bed what are you doing so that sort of thing I think I mean it's easier said than it is done for sure I mean businesses else everybody would do it wouldn't they um but it's finding the gaps and and also how much if there is that you want it and then you just move, you move with it. 
Mm-hmm. And you clearly want it. I can I can tell just from talking to you that you clearly want it, and and that success there is is something that you aspire to. Obviously, you're know, talking about being able to um, provide your parents with the, this place, this this wherever that, that location means to you, and it symbolises to you the idea of success, whatever it is. And, and, and perhaps those who want it have been looking to succeed to get that thing for whatever reasons that is, and, and that's the, the peak of the interest. Um, but the show's the kindest. It's not called the success. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. That's more about, more about me. But I, th- I think it's interesting because success on the one hand could be alluded to kindness and it could be alluded yeah. towards what happiness means and success could be attributed mm-hmm. to happiness. Um, but I want to touch on, on kindness because that's the name of the show. And I want to basically find out what does kindness mean to you? Because yeah. it could be it could mean um, many things to many people, but it's, this is, this is your, your show and your episode. But I want to know a bit more about what you think kindness is. For me, kindness is giving back. Giving back in the sense of not, you know, giving to charity and everything like that. That is kindness to me, but actually giving back your knowledge and your support and your help for somebody that, you know, wants it or needs it or maybe they don't actually you just do it just for the sake of doing it and I think for me kindness is helping people believe that they can or they or for instance um just being there for somebody when when they need you or helping people out if they tell you that they want something you know for instance Alicia sat and said I really want to be a fashion editor. I want to be kind in the respect of I'm going to help you get there. So I think helping, supporting people, that is what kindness means to me. Time, knowledge. um, Yeah, just being there for somebody. So when's the last time someone's shown you kindness? Oh, God, I get shown kindness every day. I'm fortunate, I think, in in that respect. I, I think I look at kindness on a, on a whole. Like if somebody smiles at me, I went for a walk this morning, somebody smiled, I'm just thinking that's really kind. Um, you drop something, somebody picks it up, that's really kind. My mum is an unbelievable level of kind. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> that, that woman's kind to everybody every second of every day. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, I'm now being on this show, that's kind of you to have me here. I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm, I'm grateful every day. So... To me, hearing you talk there about um, your mother, she's clearly one of your your heroes. One hundred percent, yeah. So, if you were to say to your mother, "Mum, you are X, Y, and Z," what yeah. would you say to your mother right now? Talking, framing it around kindness. Oh, you're the most inspirational, kindest person that I know have ever met, and I'm super lucky to to have you as a mum she literally puts everybody first sometimes too much and then you've got to be like come on Christine sort yourself out (laughs) and then she does so yeah I think yeah that I'm better at writing this sort of stuff down well I think um interesting yes I think a lot of people and you should all be like Christine I think for sure (laughs) um it's easy for people to to write things down because you've got time to to frame what you say and, and ponder but I think what is true and what is open, what is honest. And, and this is the reason for the show is basically, as I'm doing to you, is to look into your eyes and just get a sense of you know, what's important. And I think a lot more people, I think, should be able to look to their friends or their colleagues or their, or their loved ones and look them in the eyes and say, look, this is how I'm feeling. Um, because 
the world is difficult at times and the world is challenging at times. But be able to say, you know, in your instance, Christine or mum, you know, yeah. you are, you've been a real inspiration to me. I think a lot of people often assume it. Yeah. But sometimes, and if I can... Um, if I can impart any, if I can impart any wisdom to those listening, it's just to be able to say, well, you know what? Next time you are with your partner or your friend or your loved one or your colleague, just take a moment just to say, hey, you know what? You are appreciated and you yeah. are loved because it's difficult, isn't it? In it, no, so it's not difficult. It's very easy to just be very blasé and assume, yeah, uh, assume that. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a shout out to Christine for, for <laughs> you know, for the, she'll appreciate that. No, she'll probably cry. <laughs> no. Well, uh, you know, if if it is, then it's it's a true emotion, and we thank thank you for for that. Um, I want to, if I if I may, just talk about um, the business marketing ventures, which mm-hmm. is the business that you've um, you've created, and uh, as I mentioned. Earlier on the show, you've got you know clients from all sort of categories, from automotive to yeah. to, um, to alcohol brands as well. What's if you don't mind, give me what's the brief sort of overview of, of marketing ventures and what's of um, sort of the primary proposition to the market? Yeah, so we're a digital marketing agency. Um, we set out purely for automotive when I first started out. We've now branched into fashion, food and beverage. Property is a big one for us um, in interiors as well. And then, of course, we do help all of the other businesses that come. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're so good. <laughs> uh, we want to help them. So we're doing renewable energy as well at the moment. Um, but in a nutshell, what we do is we ensure that their physical presence this, how strong their physical presence is, is replicated online. Um, and, you know, each client's got their own goals. It might be brand awareness, it might be sales, it might be um, d- delivering a branded campaign, anything like that. We we do do that. And we offer, I think, a, a higher level of support because I'm, I'm not saying that other marketing agencies don't care, but everybody that's in our team, myself, Emily, Alicia and Jolie, we truly care about every single one of them and we're interested. So we find the stories and we find the gaps where we can help them improve and, and develop, improve the wrong word, develop definitely. Mm. Um, and we listen to them. And I think that's one of, def- certainly my, all, in fact, all of the girls, we're really good at listening to people and, and really finding how to deliver it. Mm-hmm. And so from a, a client's point of view, you've touched on sort of storytelling, you've talked about listening, which I think is really important, particularly in business nowadays yeah. as well. The question I've often wanted to get the answer to is how do you get a standout in a world that is constantly bombarded or you are constantly being bombarded in to the noise? How do you get cut through and stand out? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, depending on the client, you... Be authentic, I think. And I know that's really cliche, but it's true. I think as long as you know who your target market is and your product replicates that's that target market and you are authentic, that is how you stand out. Because again, this is going to sound really cliche. People do buy from people and people really do um, find they start a tribe don't they 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 really get involved in a product or a service because of the brand and what's behind a brand is people um and a vision so i think did that answer your question i think i think that's the main the main thing that pushes it forward and helps um them stand out for sure have you heard of um any of seth godin's work Yes, I have. So he's a huge exponent on, on on tribes. Yeah, very much so. And it's all about how you can you can, I suppose, build people around one particular story. 
I'm currently reading a book by a guy called um, Daniel Pink. And he talks about the idea of how, as a mission, it's called Drive, but how as a mission we can build storytells and storytelling, which is more Seth Godin. But Daniel Pink's belief, it's the idea of the carrot and the stick, that before we were motivated by the reward, Brogan, if you do that thing, I'll pay you more money. Yeah. You do that thing more to get more money, but it's not actually generating any more long-term goal benefit. The stick is the idea that you you beat someone to do something they'll they'll do because they feel they better do it. What Daniel Pink's belief is that we have what he believes to be, and the analogy is an amp. You give someone the autonomy to do something that then generates mastery, that then generates purpose. Which similarly to what you're saying, which is that you want your clients to be able to have purpose. And that's what's important, right? To, yeah. to build a story and a brand messaging around what they, whatever they're trying to achieve, I think it's really important. Yeah. So they can almost not so much do it themselves, but you're giving them the skills and the abilities to do that, mm-hmm. to create that mastery so that they can, within their own marketing message, deliver that. And yeah. then the purpose is, wow, I'm going with this brand because they are honest and true and authentic, et cetera. And yes, it, is, it can be a bit of a cliche now in those words, but it's yeah. true, right? So truism, yeah. which is really important. And so... As a marketing agency, I'm assuming it's very important then to listen to your clients and, yeah. and really understand what they're saying. Now, as a marketing agency, on the one hand, but also as a business owner, there may be challenges there of being the boss, of being the leader. How have you found the challenges of being a owner of a business? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's hard. It is hard, and I think from 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 my point of view I mean everybody takes the mick out of me for it I just want to be people's friends so I'm like I literally get I I can't defend do can't say the word I can't differentiate the difference of being somebody's friend to being them being my client so that's that's one of my struggles that I'm definitely getting better with because I'm having to um and business struggles in general is hard because you all for me personally and again the whole team have the same thing because we care so much we do not want to let people down so I'll we'll have done what we said we're going to do and more and then I'll still lie awake at night and think oh my god we could do this we could do this we should do this why are we not doing that this is and, and it's I'm kind of like my own worst enemy because I have especially with a marketing agency and I'm sure there's other businesses out there you're not just bothered about your own business you have to care for all of the rest of them that that you that you have as a client as well so it's the the pain points for me is right I have to focus on my business in order for it to grow to be able to develop a really good service to the clients that we have on board and their businesses but then equally I also want to make sure that I'm still involved in other businesses to make sure that they're doing a um a grand job as well so Mm. I think it's control delegation are the key the the things that I'm learning and that are important and finding the right people that share the values that you do and also get you as a person because I think for a long time I tried to change um the way that I was and how that I how I operated I am definitely an ideas person I don't like sitting in front of a computer and doing the do all of the time. It's just not where I thrive. And for a long time, I thought that is where I should be because that's what's expected of me. Who's expected of me? I don't know, but that was the pressure that I put on myself. Um, And in reality, when I've let that control element go of that, 
everything works so much better because we'll I'll be able to showcase what it is that I'm trying to achieve yes I still have to do some work obviously but it's more of a visionary role that I've now taken and a leadership role where for a long time I was stopping myself I think from doing that and I think that's been a struggle and so as an owner of a business and a leader of a business Mm -hmm. you have to make those tough calls sometimes Mm -hmm. and almost not be nice not be kind Um, And it can be difficult to others and difficult for yourself. But within, I've mentioned this before, within that that space is where change happens. Tell me a little bit about an example, if you can, of of an instance where you thought, that that didn't feel nice and um, how you overcame that. I think for me personally... I think there's there's a way to always be kind. And I think there's always a way to deliver what you want to say in a nice way. And I'm, and I'm really, I think for me, I'm definitely good at it in a sense of when I've got time to think about my answer. But sometimes I'll say something and I really wish that I hadn't said it. I can't think of an example off the back now, but if I... It's normally, it's not coming from a place of nastiness or anger or anything like that. It's normally coming from a place of like, why don't you believe in this idea? (laughs) That's normally my challenge. It's like, let's do this because I'm definitely a risk taker. Calculated, yes, but I'm definitely a risk taker. So I'll see an opportunity and I want it now. So you're quite impulsive? Yeah. (laughs) Oh God, yeah. My business partner, Emily, would, yeah, would definitely agree with that. Um, But I think sometimes the the struggle for me because I can't understand why everybody isn't the same. Um, and again, this is something that I'm working on. People think differently. Um, that's when it's normally like, oh, for God's sake, just why not? Why not? And because I think they, again, going back to the whole, I don't want to be held back. I want my freedom. I think that's when I feel like somebody or something is holding me back. That's when it's like, yeah frustrating the claws come out <laughs> sure sure well yes claws come out but you this is an element of control there because you're you run the business and it's for you it's how you see it and as a visionary it's your vision it's how you see your business growing and changing and developing yeah um however i suppose the flip side to that is you could be in a role that is very much set out for you you've got your set hours and you've got your set breaks and your set career path and and that to you seemingly is so far removed as to where you want to be yeah because you you touched on that earlier on as well um which leads me on to a second question about sort of life this this question is perhaps a bit more retrospective because it allows you to think about brogan from a perspective of difference a perspective of viewing the world differently Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore I ask you, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you do differently to be the kindest in the room? Oh, that's a good question, Tim. What would I do differently to be the kindest in the room? I think for me personally, I wouldn't, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I think just giving people the time because I am very guilty of, 
think I give people no second chances, giving people second chances of of my time of a, yeah a second chance. I think because I am definitely a person that thinks, well, you've done what you've done and that's that, or you've done something to me, or I've put some effort in or whatever. And I'm very quick to just switch off. And it's something that I've been, it's been me from being tiny. I've always done it. Um, so I think forgiveness is something that I, I'm definitely working on. And I think if I was to be able to crack the forgiveness thing, I would be kinder. Interesting. Interesting. And do you mean that on the flip side, that loyalty is important? And therefore, if you break that loyalty line or code, then I'm like, you're dead to me, gone, move on. So therefore, for you, you have to ensure that you can work on framing it in a, in a, a wider piece. I don't know if I'm right in understanding what you're saying. Um, yeah, so I think... For me, I think the only, the one thing that I could definitely do to be kinder is to allow people the time, like I've just said, for instance, the time, if I'd had time to think about how I was going to react, I would have reacted differently. So I need to ensure that I know that everybody's different. And actually, if we give people time, they can prove you like me wrong again so I'm definitely getting better at it because I would normally just that's it I'm done you know that's Mm. that's it and especially I'm talking within work Mm -hmm. um now so for instance if we outsource something and the person messes up I think it's understanding for me that everybody makes mistakes and they don't mean to um they definitely don't mean to mess up but then when they consistently mess up it's more of a okay, fine, you don't actually know what you're doing. Um, And this is hurting my brand and business and clients. Mm. But at the point where they mess up the first time, I need to to keep telling myself that person did not mean to do that. They didn't necessarily set out their day today to mess all of this up, but they didn't do it. Um, So again, giving people time to fix it. Sure. That's fair. That's fair because I suppose invariably we're all human. And so we have to try and frame it around that that we are all human. Um, where do you see marketing adventures going or being? In the next five years. Gosh, or... it's not an interview. It doesn't have to be five years. It can be six months. It can be just a, a um, Marketing adventures will be huge. Okay. It'll be, it'll be huge. Um, it'll, yeah, it'll be massive. I want, I think we want it as a collective to be on the stock exchange floating there. It'll uh-huh. be, tech company moves with the times it's very innovative mm-hmm. um and it'll be there in the brands hopefully probably change it will probably change because it changes all the time just like my mind mm-hmm. um it, in the industries that that we're working in at the moment so the question i asked to counter that is mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm referencing success and what, how you deem success to be yep and your aspiration for the future yep what if you don't get there I'll get it somewhere else. Okay, so... Failure is not an option for me. Sure, I, I get that from talking to you. So framing it around the success of this particular venture mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that success that you aspire to be will be through this particular venture. It could be any venture. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes it. Yeah, any, sense. Uh, to be honest, I think 
from from my personal point of view, like I know that marketing adventures will be huge because we've got an incredible team behind it. Um, that all, we all share the same vision and we work on that all the time. Like we have our monthly catch-ups where we discuss it and everybody's got an opinion and everybody in the room's opinions matter. Um, but for me, like I said earlier, I'm very creative. I love business. I love building businesses. So I will do something else, definitely. Um, like, as you know, Tim, restaurants and things for me is a, is, a, is a big thing. So that's one of my main dreams. I've not got there yet, but I know I'll get there. Um, so yeah, something will will get me there no i can i can definitely tell it just from just from talking to you just from listening to you i think that is really important having that sort of that drive and that self-belief whilst bouncing out in terms of the reality of yeah you know no one foresaw now. covid <laughs> well yes of course no no, no no one foresaw covid no one foresaw all those other external external variables that can impact on business but certainly the drive the will the determination that you have clearly in abundance well, I'm sure get you to succeed in terms of where you want you and your business to go. Um, and, and with that being said, what advice would you give somebody framing that around the show to live a kinder life? In business or personal? In general, I think. I think because you know, we've, we've touched on a few elements of, of you and the business, but certainly from where you come from, you know, what kind of piece of advice would you give someone to live a kinder life in terms of business or in terms of... Yep the drive towards succeeding i think to live a kind of like a kind of life through business is know that people are your best asset the people that are around you are your best asset and i think understanding that will help people grow because the people that are around you lift you up you you do not have to bring them down to to be able to lift yourself up i mean that is in my mind is the best and the the key like lifting people up for me is the main thing and inspiring people is the main thing and, and along that journey they will take you with them mm. and if they don't fine that you've done your job like well done um and in life i think the same sort of thing just be inspirational be kind don't tell anybody that they can't do something or you think it won't work or they're a failure or whatever. Um, because actually that isn't kind and that really sticks with some people. And it's just not fair because, I mean, this is obviously my opinion, but I believe that anybody can do whatever they set their mind to if, if they have the drive and the passion to move forward. And by surrounding yourself with the right people and being kind to people, you will get there, definitely. I mean, again, that's my belief, but I believe that you will. You know, I, th I think that's so, so true. There was a, um, I don't know what your viewpoint was on this individual is, there's a, a Netflix series on um, Kanye West, and it was not some, what was interesting, not so much about him, the individual, but the, it was framed through a friend of his in three parts. And I think the first being vision, the second purpose, and the final one was, um, let me get this right, awareness I think it was on it was in three yeah. parts but it's interesting seeing the person who he was when he first started out 20 years on being documented by his friend to the perception of what people have people know of him versus who he actually is but in watching it you can see that this individual was going to make it and I'm framing it around, I'm not saying you're Kanye West, by any sense, breaking but I'm saying I wish. It. <laughs> but seeing how, listening to you and talking to you, there's clearly a drive and an ambition 
towards wanting to succeed. Now, I, I believe that to be true. And um, I, I hope you achieve those goals because it's clearly there a driver. And once you get to that, I think that won't be the end of whatever success is because I think you're clearly the type of individual who wants you achieve that particular goal. It's on to the next thing. Yes. Um, I, I, I certainly believe that to be the case. Um, with that being said, you have been the kindest in the room, Brogan. Oh. I, I, I know that, um, you know, a lot of my guests, when we talk about the show and we we, we speak about some of their thoughts, it's always kind of like, mm, I wish I'd said this. Is there anything particular you wish you had said, even though we're in the moment now? Oh, well, actually, there is. Ah. I didn't thank you when you said thank you for coming on. I wanted to say thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh, thank um, you. Where can people sort of reach out to you or the business and find out a little bit more information about you? Um, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, what's, the, what's the Instagram? Instagram for, for the business is Marketing Adventures. Um, Instagram for me is Brogan Huntington. Sure. Um, or equally website or wherever i'm yeah. open yeah. i always like to chat I well can't... tell us what's the what's the what's well, your 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 opportunity to tell us a bit more so where so the website will be what marketing adventures .co.uk .co .co yeah. sure and in the and for yourself you're just on, on social media on yes. most channels yeah. great stuff well listen reach out to to brogan um i believe you've got a youtube channel is that right is that still active yes. or not Sure, is. so you can listen to get some sort of positive business uh, and lifestyle advice on there as well. She's cringing at me. I don't, I, 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 I don't know why. Um, but, uh, oh God, I so, do need to pick that back up. But it was uh, it was a while ago when I listen. It all helps, but, you know. Just doing it, as you said, just do it. I think. And with indeed. that being said, you have been the kind of room. It's been an absolute pleasure, Brogan. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tim. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Brogan. Thank you. Take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.